0: Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Gruber, Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless
1: potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Meffert.
2: And I am Kathy Groover, and we have another very special guest. We have had a lot of my hypnotherapy friends on, a lot of which, uh, for those of you who have ever been to Hypnothoughts, you might have met them or seen them. So we have another great Hypnothoughts Live guest on. Carlos Casados is here today. Everybody, welcome.
0: Good, Good thank morning. You so,
2: thank you so much for being here. Once to everybody who you are, what you do, and uh, and we'll have an amazing conversation.
0: You got it. Uh, so I'm a hypnotist, like um, some of your other guests. I've Been doing that a long time. Uh, and you know, my practice I'm focused a lot on, um, of course, hypnotherapy and neuro linguistic programming. It's one of my areas of specialty, and something called family constellations. Uh, so um, I've been doing this professionally for about twelve years and my practices in Newport Beach. Uh, And along with that, and I think, you know, uh, uh, part of the topic of this uh, current episode is that for the last 32 years, I've been involved in plant medicines and psychedelics as a means for personal growth and catharsis. Uh, Been doing it a very long time. Uh, I started guiding small groups and individuals uh, a long time ago under the radar. Uh, Things have changed since then as as far as the uh, recent lifting of certain restrictions um, because of the research into psychedelics in the brain, and they've discovered um, some very strong, um, uh, compelling evidence that that psychedelics can be a powerful tool for depression, anxiety, PTSD, uh, relationships, um, and a number of other things. So that's um, the thing that a lot of people in the public don't necessarily know about me. They know me as the healer and um, coach and consultant person. They don't necessarily know about the uh, psychedelic guide um, person that I have been uh, more in under the the radar a bit until recently. So uh, I just... Uh, I'm beginning an actual business with my partner, Jess Marion, who lives on the other side of the continent. Um, She's in New York, but our business is called sacredmedicinejourneys.com. That's uh, that's the URL for it, Sacred Medicine Journeys. So we will be guiding small groups, um, groups between five and 10 in the plant medicine experience and we are doing it in a very unique way, which I'm happy to talk about in a little bit.
2: Yeah, we're so excited to hear you. So I saw your workshop on psychedelics at HypnoThoughts, and my partner and I, he sat in with me on that, and it was just so informative. And there's, we just watched the Michael Pollan special, uh, How to Change Your Mind, I'm a huge right. fan of his. and. You know, it's interesting. Uh, There was a friend of mine from high school who on Facebook the other day posted, everybody's talking about drugs. Everybody's talking about this journey and that journey and this experience and that experience and I am proud to say, I have never even smoked pot. And there was this (laughs) slew of people I knew from high school are like me neither good for you man just say no and I'm like was it 1984 is Nancy Reagan here <laughs> um I think there's still so many misconceptions about that and it's you know to me it's like I'll be very personal here it's like I've experimented with things and it's been I'm sorry I waited so long you know it's been yeah. seriously life-changing and spiritually opening and sometimes just fun um, But but it, it's for for a group of people to be so, I've never done it, and I'm not going to do it, you know, it it seems to me to be closed-minded. Now, everybody has their own path of these things, but to not even consider of anything alternate ways of doing things. Uh, So how did you find this as a therapeutic method, and what are people, what are some of the misconceptions that you're looking to to get people to overcome?
0: Yeah, great question. Um, First of all, I I see what what you're What you were describing quite a lot, um, or let's just say it's, it comes in regularly. There's a sort of sort of the virtue signaling that mm-hmm. happens around it because people's uh, preconceptions about about drugs generally, um, you know, are fairly negative, except when it gets prescribed to you, um, you know, or or if it happens to be in the form of a dark, steamy beverage that they're drinking every single morning several times. Um, they don't realize that your brain is drugs. You know, I mean, it's, it's releasing its own drugs all the time and, and they're not actually having a perspective on history that, that, you know, the prohibition against drugs is, is really, really kind of recent in a way. Uh, The phenomenon of um, restricting those things. It first started with the Spanish inquisition, as far as I'm aware, Uh, uh, as the, um, Catholic church moved into various areas. Um, they uh, prohibited the previous sacraments. Oh. So they replaced it with a placebo sacrament of, you know, the bread and wine. And um, they, they took, uh, like, for example, when they came to Mexico, uh, it was part of the, the literature in internally circulating for the church fathers and um, colonists and things that they had to do away with this, um, you know, sacraments that that they were using in in the Aztec religion, uh, mostly mushrooms and the mm-hmm. um, morning glory beverages, the ololuqui and and a few other things. But uh, so. Uh, you can tell I'm a little geeky about um, <laughs> history and you know philosophy things like that. So I you're in the right place. <laughs> always, I'm glad. I've always been that. I've had that sort of tendency, and and my my curiosity was a natural outpouring from my interest in consciousness and healing. Right. Um, so you could say that part of it was in my nature to want to explore and expand beyond, you know, kind of color outside the lines. <laughs> And some of it uh, definitely was trauma related, hmm. meaning um, a lot of adverse childhood experiences and trauma uh, caused me to seek healing of some kind. and sometimes that that was in the form of um, deep bonds, you know, secure attachments with close friends and Uh, Some of it was through prayer and meditation and exploring things like yoga and martial arts as a way of giving me me an outlet and a a, a way of training my mind. Uh, Some of it was through uh, reading and exploring the occult and um, various things like that. And some of it was when when I reached about 18 um, was exploring what I had previously read about the 60s and the whole creativity mm-hmm. movement and music and art and culture and um, anti-establishment stuff, uh, it led me down the road of reading more about the psychedelic experience and the psychedelic 60s and what it, how it changed things. And um, in high school, before I had even tried it, probably about a year before I tried it, I did a presentation for my speech class at uh, the Catholic school that I was going to. <laughs> oh. I got in trouble for it. Um, she flunked me out of that particular um, assignment and and made me uh, leave the classroom. Um, I didn't say anything that was really all that um, uh, challenging. It's just that I was presenting the information with an open mind, and they didn't like that. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, what got me into it was kind of like a series of events that, and my own willingness to try it. And I got to be honest, the first time I tried it, um, I was really worried that I was not going to ever be the same again and that I had lost my mind. Um, I took a very large amount the first time and it was, um, I, if I can just share this briefly, with you, um, I had already had some what you might call mystical experiences through various spiritual practices that i had been doing for years. And so I didn't know if what I was experiencing was part of the LSD trip that I was on or um, part of my own experience that I normally have. And so when, I, when, it, when the accumulating uh, probably too strong of a dose my first time, As it started to kind of reach past the normal limits, um, it became almost, um, it took on a life of its own rather than me directing it. I felt like I was being pulled into this experience that was much larger than I was anticipating and I didn't have any experience. So when I found that I, my trip was lasting far longer than it's supposed to because it's supposed to last maybe 12, 13 hours at the most. Uh, I was still tripping the next day. Um, I don't know how much of that was just pure psychology Mm. um, and how much of it was the fact that I took a lot. But um, I remember telling my friends and my girlfriend at the time, I'm never doing this again. I I ruined my my life. I've ruined my brain. I'll never recover. I don't know how I made this mistake. Um, I was feeling so depressed and anxious about it. And then... I, had, I went to the restroom and I was washing my hands and I gazed up in my eyes and I, I thought my eyes looked really interesting kind of strange and so I was looking into my eyes in the mirror and as I was looking into my eyes I realized I was seeing the the silhouette or the peripheral image of um, Jim Morrison. I had a t-shirt that had the doors on it. And there was a look in his eyes. And I noticed that I had the same look in my eyes. So it was just kind of a moment of reflection where a part of me became a little bit um, dissociated and looked at myself and said, is that really how you want to be? Like, is that you? That doesn't seem like you. Um, You're not a scaredy cat. You're not somebody who shies away from experience. Really? Are you going to be this person? That person that that has never been you? And within a few seconds, my whole orientation changed to the point where instead of being afraid of it, I was determined to do it again. So I w- I walked back into my, with my girlfriend and my friend. And I said, um, you know what? Not only am I not scared anymore, I'm going to do it again. And I'm ready to do it again, like immediately, like next weekend. I can't wait to do it again. Mm-hmm. That started my journey. And um, because I'm the kind of person who, likes to dive into things fully, um, that meant that I um, continued to read about it. I continued to uh, enter into it with a sense of respect and with a sense of uh, adventure. Uh, and I was very, very fortunate to have my experiences um, early on, not the first one, but the within the first few, uh, exposed to people who were very mature, who were using this, um, as a path for self-discovery. They were scientists and ethnopharmacologists and people who were involved in the psychedelic, um, you might want to call them like the psychedelic intelligentsia or something. They were the ones writing books about it and yeah. doing research. And one of those people was um, uh, Alexander Shulgin and his wife, Ann Shulgin. Uh, they call Sasha Shulgin. He um both of them are dead now. They, they passed uh, recently, one of them. And uh, they had these dinners. They were like dinner parties um, up Marin. And at those dinner parties were lots of researchers and, and folks. And Alexander Shulgin was one of those people who had a DEA license for producing psychedelics. Oh. He was one of the only ones in the entire United States with that license. And he would give out, um, you know, pharmaceutical grade, um, psychedelics, some that he created himself wow. because he was responsible for creating about 200 of the world's known psychedelics. He actually, <clears throat> you know, created them in a lab. Anyway, um, as a result, I had the ability to try very exotic, uh, psychedelics, things that you wouldn't normally have heard of. Um, and, being around these people was different than being a kid and doing it with a bunch of deadheads at a concert. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing against that, but it's just a different experience, and it it just continued me down the path of wanting to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into what I could achieve through the kind of self reflection that is only possible when you're having uh, a psychedelic experience like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well yeah, because I know, you know, as we were talking about at the beginning, you know, you kind of use that word virtue signaling, which I think is fascinating, right, as well. Where where it's like, you know, we're <clears throat> we're kind of taught in society about certain things you know this is your brain this is your brain on drugs those nancy reagan you know ads and things like that right
2: and we're all around the same age so i remember those of you know dare and just say no and you know all that
1: stuff right and 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 what's funny is but though as you as you're talking about it too right is it's like i mean you know i was going to joke with you it's like where's your tie-dye man you know it's (laughs) it's like you're you you know you're not you're not a you know psychedelic pothead looking guy right But but I think what's interesting is, is, yes, there is the culture, like you said, of, you know, teenagers just trying to have fun and escape uh-huh. and deadhead kind of thing. That's one thing, right? Just escaping escaping reality through the psychedelic. Mm-hmm. There's a difference with the people you started hanging out with and people trying to journey uh-huh. and actually use it as a method of self-discovery yeah and that th- those are two totally different things because these are powerful powerful things yes. that if misused you can fuck yourself up you can't but, but when used properly it can be a way of enlightenment mm-hmm. right That that you can't get from some of these other places and so geeking out with you right it's like if you go back and look at the ancient the ancient ways right that again western civilization the spaniards the english everybody else whenever they would come in they would label people as savages Mm they take away their religions which usually included as you called them sacraments of some sort of you know plant medicine um, Mm -hmm. that they use and and would replace it like you said with bread and wine right Mm -hmm. and and now it seems like society is kind of coming back. You've been on this journey longer than everybody else, but, you know, it just amazes me how many more people now are actually talking about it oh, or yeah. actually, you know, experimenting and trying it that you never heard of, you know, before,
0: other than, all oh, those hippies back in the 60s kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm constantly amazed at how many um, new clients... Um, either on even on the phone before they've even physically met me doing like an initial phone consultation or something and uh, first sessions with my clients as well in person where they're telling me uh, about their psychedelic journey and they're not even concerned about how I feel about what once in a while someone will ask I don't know how you feel about it like they're kind of testing (laughs) most of them just sort of tell me a matter of factly And it's like, wow, that is happening with so much frequency now uh, that it surprises me. But then I looked at some of the statistics and I think it was something like, um, uh, was it 85% or some really high amount of people um, have had psychedelic experiences that they consider positive. So it's like, I've, I'm wow. talking about America right now. So it's, it's really, really a very large amount of people. It is not, we are not a minority. Yeah just that the propaganda has forced people under the radar but remember some of the psychedelics that people are talking about actually all of them were 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 legal up to a point point. Mm-hmm. Um, and even things like um mdma you know uh or mda those two those things you could get legally
2: known as molly uh, or ecstasy for those who don't know the initials
0: yeah and sassafras
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah uh MDA is sassafras and Molly or ecstasy is MDMA, uh, which is they're very very similar. By the way, just just as a side note, um, MDA is like methyl, was it methyl um, methyl dioxyamphetamine, and MDMA it's just methyl dioxy methyl amphetamine. <laughs> so they're very similar and they have very people call them intactogens or empathogens because there's so much. Um, tactile sensitivity yeah. that comes along with it, and waves of warmth and uh, feelings of emotional warmth as well. Um, people tend to become more; uh, they switch into a more authentic relating kind of mode. Uh, so there's a lot more um, emotional connection that happens under MDMA circumstances, and and it can be very sensual too. Uh, people get into music and being touched and holding each other. I mean, there's a lot of that oxytocin rich mm-hmm. experience that comes along with it. Uh, and that's one of those things that just entered into the clinical three sta- or stage three clinical trials now uh, with the FDA. So, um, or is it FDA or DEA? Anyway, one of those government agencies. And that's great. But in the 80s, you could just get it at a bar. Yeah. And it was legal. Nobody I- worried about it.
2: Well, and I remember that being a big, that was a big gay scene. Uh, All the, in the, a lot of the gay bars and nightclubs, they would be doing X. And I remember when I moved to Hollywood, that was like such a scary thing because, you know, that causes holes in the brain. And I had a client say that to me the other day. He goes, ah, there's holes in the brain. But in watching Michael Pollan's special, that wasn't the study. They were actually looking at crystal meth, not MDMA. And it's like, you, you guys are quoting things that aren't even right. And yeah, so for somebody who, because we, we could just talk about this all day. For somebody who wants to start, mm-hmm. who said, I've never tried it, I want to experiment or play with it, or, you know, d- do you recommend them doing like a full on journey? Do you recommend a microdose? Do you, what do you tell someone who's never done this that wants to get interested?
0: Well, the first thing I would tell them is do the research first. Uh, I did that,
2: mm-hmm. um,
0: I did a lot of reading about it before I did it. Um, so do the research. You, you, you want to look at um, the history of it. You want to look at um, the chemistry of it. You want to make sure of things like uh, if you're on any kind of psychiatric medic- medicines, it's, it's not recommended that you uh, play with these things because it gets, it gets very nuanced and complex. So okay. it's not that you can't, but there are many medications that could cause problems. So rather than going down an exhaustive list of all those things and the cross-interactions... It's best to make sure that you're not on those things and you haven't been on them for a little while, so that so that there are no residual mm-hmm. um, MAOIs or anything like that in the in the brain. So if they're starting at that point, um, really the most important is important part is is um, your context and your mindset. So if you have mm-hmm. a context that is a safe context, like um, your with your best friend who has a pretty sensible, um, uh, personality. Okay. So they know how to be sensible about things. Uh, and you're in a cabin in the woods and not likely to get in trouble by police or Mm -hmm. anything like that. And you can agree, um, if it was your very first time that maybe one of you takes it and not the other, that person can just hang out with you and you just, want to make sure that you're not taking a, a very large dose the first time without a guide of some uh-huh. kind. Uh, most people would take a smaller amount, let's say if they were taking mushrooms, a standard dose is about 3.5 grams. But again, it's not precise because there are 200 different psychedelic mushrooms, at least. And those are, uh, they all have slightly different um, concentration levels. Uh-huh. But let's just say you were just Dosing with some average mushrooms, the psilocybin cubensis or um, something like that, and you took 3.5 grams. That's about what they call an eighth, an eighth of, uh, of mushrooms, and that's a fairly standard introductory dose. Um, but you could even take a little less. You could take, um, you know, two grams, two and a half grams, and you will experience not only the body feelings of the psilocybin as it kicks in and tr- starts converting into psilocin. In the body. Um, and you will also start getting some visuals. You might feel a little bit of a, a period of drunkenness or lethargy. There's going to be uh, perhaps some giggling going on as you feel these sort of tickling sensations through the body. Um, and it's enough to teach you that you're not going to die <laughs> and that um, you're going to be all right. And if, if you feel emotions come up at some point in the trip uh, for a brief period, uh, you'll have kind of like a mini version of the experience.
2: Uh-huh.
0: If you combine that with sensory deprivation, like putting eye masks on and earplugs or um, a sound machine of some kind, and you lay down and just dive into the experience and relax, you may even be able to take yourself into some of the psychedelic experience, which of course is when you start to lose a sense of individuation, and you start to expand out into the universe and there, there tends to be a trail of, um, or like a kaleidoscope of visual changes that happen inside of your awareness. Hmm. Uh, it's different for every person. Not everyone is as visual or kinesthetic, but we all have visual components. Even, um, you know, my dear friend, Jess, who is uh, legally blind has visual stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And she t- talks about the colors and the, the, the movements and, um, the imagery inside of her mind too. So um, that's what I would recommend is just be, be careful. Uh, there's no real lethal dose for mo- most of the psychedelics, uh, but you do want to take yourself sort of just beyond uh, what you're used to mm-hmm. the first time, um, unless you have someone who can guide you to take you farther than that the first time, because it's just too easy to make a mistake when you're Uh, not used to the psychedelic experience. Some people um, talk about the person jumping off buildings. Uh, I can fly. And they, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There there might be like just sort of a grain of truth inside of that, which is uh, if you had taken a very large dose of psychedelics and you don't really rationalize that well um, under those circumstances and you happen to be in a place that's very high, while you're high, <laughs> possible that you might um, convince yourself delusionally that yes, I can fly. Although as the, the late Bill Hicks said very well, um, he basically said, you don't see ducks, little ducklings being, you know, uh, taking elevators up to like the 13th or 16th floor of a building and then going to the edge of the building and then jumping off the very first time they fly. You know, and so he says, start from the fucking curb, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Because that's it's so a good cool. lesson
2: for a lot of stuff, right? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I, I could, I, I can admit to you that, that, you know, in uh, times of, of uh, deep psychedelic states, I've thought I could fly. Um, but I also had a certain dose of reality in there, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, mm, if I can fly, then I should be able to fly from like that little rock that I'm climbing up on. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't shouldn't be from a building. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Not everyone has the same rational thoughts when they're in that state. So you wanna, but you can train it. That's the thing is I tell people like, whatever it is, you can train your mind to be what you need it to be in the psychedelic state. Yeah. It's not fixed. You just might need a little guidance or a little practice or something, but you can do all sorts of things. I mean, I remember times uh, being you know, in some other dimension and having to handle a police officer directly, like eye to eye, and I'm talking to the police officer and handling a situation Mm -hmm. with them. And there was a teetering um, few moments in there where I thought, man, don't lose concentration, Carlos, just stay on track, Um, talk too much, (laughs) just, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Look at you switching this. ego states. Yeah, no, it's exactly. it's it goes back to the internal family systems, right? Where you're like, because Capricorn, so I just have to share the first time that I tried um, mushrooms. Uh-huh. I tried a very little bit, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take notes on this, so so that I know like how long it takes, how I yeah. feel. Da da da. So I, it was a little piece of chocolate. So I, I wrote on a post it note, seven um, fifteen p.m. Took one square of chocolate. mm-hmm 750. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. And that was the only note I took. <laughs> and yeah. it, it wasn't a lot. It was, you know, probably half a gram or something, like but it was just, I was like, I'm going to do movies. very, very scientific about this. Capricorn's going to, nah,
0: that went out the window. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know, you, you made a, a really important point is that some people uh, react very differently. Um, I know um, plenty of people who take just a couple of grams and that's a lot, or not a lot, but it's like it for them, they're really there, they don't need any more. I also know of a tiny um, Asian woman that never did psychedelics before, um, was kind of moved here from Taiwan and she's done as much as 10 grams. Oh! And that's fine for her.
2: Yeah. So She's this tiny little thing.
0: She's probably 110 or maybe even less, probably mm-hmm. maybe even a hundred pounds, I would say. Yeah. So it's such an
2: individual thing.
0: That's not what I would have guessed.
2: Right. Well, it was my first time. So I didn't, I understood music for the first time. Oh, and cool. a, as how I've had is what, how did it taste? The chocolate the was really good.
0: No, the, the music. Had the
2: music taste. I, I didn't <laughs> taste the music. I felt the music. And the okay. music had color and I put on um, Frankenstein, which is one of my favorite songs uh, and all okay. the drums. I like, I just, I finally understood music. I'm not a huge music person, but I like I got music for the first time. And um, I've had some experiences with mushrooms where I've had those emotional experiences where I've connected with the whole of the universe. And I've had these feelings of, uh, you know I've been experiencing grief since I was about eight. Uh, people just have always been passing away around me. And I got yeah. to feel that and process so much of that that I hadn't previously. So for me these have been incredible experiences and and i want to have more you know and Mm -hmm. that's why i say i'm sorry i kind of waited so long um everything in its own time right you do it when the time is right um jason you're sitting there aching to say something i can tell Am I? (laughs) yeah you had that look
1: i'm just trying to process all this stuff geeking geeking out about it too i mean but 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 it's interesting like when you're talking about that little taiwanese you know, lady too, I, I think, so this, it's an important thing for people to realize too, like you said, if you're going to try this, start, start slow, mm-hmm. right, because you don't know, but it, it's not, it doesn't, it, you know, it's like with alcohol, you know, they're like, if you're this much weight, you can take this many drinks, you know, and for, for most people, it is, and yet, you know, one of my friends is probably, you know, 50 or 60 pounds bigger than me and six inches taller, half mm-hmm. a drink, guy's laying on the floor, right? Yeah. And yeah. so you do want to be careful and just kind of understand what what you can take, what you can't take, you know, sort of yeah. the thing as well, uh, because, yeah, there's lots of experiences of people taking too much to begin with. And then, you know, like you, you're tripping for two or three days <laughs> before you realize yeah. the first time.
0: Yeah. And, and if you think about this as a very important initiation, um, and I think it doesn't matter whether you have a... A religious background, or you're atheist, I think we can all relate to the idea of an, an initiation, right, to something bigger than what you are normally connected with, so I say that with with love and with um, just absolute sincerity, that it, it it's not really necessary to have any kind of particular spiritual beliefs, but a sense of respect is very important, uh, it's a preframe. it's something that that lays the carpet um, out for you to walk on, and if you have that already in your subconscious, that kind of intent, uh, it's gonna guide your behavior, your thoughts in a special way. So if you have that respect for it um, going in that, hey, if, if I were to, to want to make this into a special experience, wouldn't I want to make sure that I had a good first experience and not scare myself away from something that could potentially transform my life for the better? That's why it's good to experiment a little bit. Um, I mean, I made it through my technically overdose uh, <laughs> experience, um, but I'm not. I'm a weirdo. I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm, a, I'm. an outlier in a little in, in many respects, and that's one of those ways that I'm an outlier. Outlier. But um, for most people, just taking a very manageable dose first. And and then stepping into it and going, you know what? I'm ready to challenge whatever boundaries that I thought I had. So your second or third dose can be like, let's let's go for it. Let's double the dose or let's add a little bit more mm-hmm. and see what happens. Um, and it is a little bit about seeing what happens. Uh, you cannot predict anything. I can't predict what's going to happen after this interview. Um, <laughs> you know, so my, how how could we have you know, any ability to have perfect foresight about what's going to happen. You can't, you have to have a sense of trust. You've got to have a sense of surrender. That is a key component in the healing process. Oh, yeah. If you're just doing the drugs and thinking, no, I don't need any of that. I just do this to kind of get this feeling. Well, good luck with that over time, because time has a way of kicking your ass uh, in the long run. You might get away with it a little bit, but guaranteed if you keep doing it you are opening the door and that the odds are stacked against you that that lack of respect is going to um, create an experience that will probably have you not want to do it again yeah,
2: yeah. very wise very wise and of course we've blown through our half hour <laughs> I oh. knew we would it goes so <laughs> fast um, I'm, I'm open so yeah no, I know I know which well we, we don't want to we will have you back we'll just have to okay. do <laughs> Uh Jason any thoughts before we close out
1: no, I think it's, you know, a couple of the things, you know, that you said just to kind of summarize or reiterate at the end that I think is good because, you know, Kathy, you said, I mean, obviously people that are watching this, some of the people are going to want to try it, right? So the two things that I heard, heard you say, you know, do your research first. I mean, don't go into it blind, right? But that whole idea of context and mindset, which I think is so important because, You know, to me, that's it's. These are powerful things, and like you said, if if you go into it thinking "woohoo party, we're gonna," you know, that's that's a totally different thing. And if that's how you're consuming, it's gonna kick you in the ass, right? But when you eventually it will kick you in the ass. But when you go into it, you know, with that sense of trust and 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 the expansion and other things like that, Mm -hmm. um, that's it. It just makes a huge, huge
0: huge difference at the very least you won't get the full potential of what you could get yeah and that's really the point too is that you know are you worth do you feel that you were worth having something better or are you just going to keep it um in that narrow bandwidth you know if you really really want something more for yourself then it, it you owe yourself um you know the opportunity to be able to have that experience. Yeah, um, I do have one uh, thing I'd love to mention before we we Go end. It. It. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because this has come up in community. You know, you know, you and I are in, and we're in the hypnosis community, and it includes people who are coaches and NLP folks and people mm-hmm. with different backgrounds, and. um most of us have respect for different ideas and different backgrounds. And we know that there are many roads that lead to Rome. It doesn't have to be one way. Uh, But occasionally, there are people who um, have this idea that somehow um, the way they're doing it is not only better, but the right way and and other ways are not. So uh, there have been people who've who've made this comment about this plant medicine or sacred medicine path, that it's not necessary, that it is um, less than in some way than doing it through hypnosis or through uh, drumming or whatever it is. So if it it was a person with shamanic training or a person with uh, hypnotic training, uh, either way, whatever the background happened to be, there's a lot of that same uh, prohibition mindset You know that somehow you're you know you're you're rolling the dice when you do that and uh you don't need it and uh i can do the same thing with this other method i just want to say that um with respect to those other methods it's not the same i have um, a lot of experience with other methods years and years i've started very young and those experiences have power and they have, um, in some ways, um, visionary aspects to them, very deeply visionary aspects to them. However, it still is not the same. There is no comparing an experience you haven't had. So no matter how much you might Mm -hmm. believe that what you're doing is is the same, it'll never actually be the same. And you can't compare something Orange is not green. You know, they're two different colors. So that, the psychedelic experience is something that you have to have in order to be able to determine whether um, it's the same as something else. And without having that experience, um, you can't speak on that. And I just noticed there are a few people that have that attitude. And yeah. I just invite them to consider that you know it's kind of ethnocentricity almost yeah
2: well and i love that you said that because i've read about that where it's like oh it's cheating you know you should be meditating every day that's how you experience that enlightenment and that's how you do it you know is this cheating no it's a different path you know if i take the beach route to lax as opposed to the 405 because there's traffic it doesn't make me wrong i still end up at lax you know there's so so many different pathways and journeys and still so many like i said so many misconceptions and i remember saying to my ex there was a special on about mushrooms and i said i mean you know i've never tried that I'd really like to try that he goes oh what you need to escape now what you're a drug addict you need to get away from the rip and I remember sitting there going whoa whoa what the fuck like that was you know <laughs> that was I said x um but it's like there was just, just you know very judgmental close-minded like what are you a- you're a drug addict now and it's like what because I said I wanted to try something you didn't mock me when I wanted to try that meal that we had the other day so you yeah. know there's, there's still, there's still pushback on this. And like, like you said, Carlos, I have so many clients that not even knowing my interest in this, share these, oh, I did Molly over the weekend for the first time. And it was so beautiful. And I connected with my husband and it was so perfect you know, that they're sharing these experiences with me. And then you do kind of get them going, oh, wait, are you cool about that?
0: <laughs> I suspect it's a lot of, um, you know, projection of fear. It's kind of like um, the fear of the slippery slope. Thing. like they they, they imagine when, when you're describing the experience they have to come in and comment on it or whatever in that way because um, it's almost like part of them leaps into the future they go to that slippery slope like well if that happens what if and they're not actually being very present and realizing right. that you know um, people have different paths I don't think psychedelics are for everyone uh, I think they're they're for a lot more of the populace than people realize but I don't think they're for everyone I think it, it's not not everyone's cut out for that type of um, mm. experience and it's perfectly valid to go other ways and it's not it's not really an either or it's a yes and you yeah. know you, when it comes yeah. to meditation or any other practices hypnosis or otherwise um, I can't tell you how um, my training in neurolinguistic programming has transformed my way of navigating the mm. experience
2: Yeah, as a guide. Sure, sure. So on that note, let's tell people how they can reach you. I know you're starting a retreat center where this is an experience that people can have guided and under, you know, kind of supervision with good product, you know, that we know where it came from and, you know, know where you get your stuff from. (laughs) Um, So how can people reach you? So uh, if they're interested in the plant medicine uh, or
0: the sacred medicine plant, I say plant, but sacred medicine plant, because it it, sacred medicine path, because it includes all things. Mm -hmm. Uh, not uh, just um wachuma and and mushrooms but currently those are our two primary ones um they can go to sac- uh, sacred medicine journeys plural right so sacred and just put in their um their their email and name and contact information and then they will be informed and kept in the loop of uh, any retreats that we hold and these retreats could be domestic or abroad, depending on the circumstances typically lasting somewhere between six and eight days that's what we're thinking uh so that we get a chance a couple of times to do the medicine during the journey and what why we're unique in in many respects is that we're bringing um you know the coaching model that we normally use and 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 into this so Mm uh a long interview in the beginning combined with uh, personal growth work and medicine and then personal growth work and medicine and personal growth work creates uh, this wonderful sandwich (laughs) um, of a layered um, work that integrates the experience and that's the most important part because you want to be able to walk away from the experience feeling changed and having that last or to go exponential or or 10x in your life that's the whole point yeah so that's why we're doing it differently
2: I love it. I love it. Sacred Medicine Journeys, plural.com. Jason, any final thoughts?
1: No, this is fabulous. Cause like I said, I mean, I've been hearing about a lot of this stuff in the periphery and and it's nice to actually talk to somebody who's, who's not a hobbyist in this too, because I think, I think, you know, especially is anytime something starts to become popular, everybody knows about it now. Right. And so some, some schmuck read a book, you know, maybe took something one time and now they're an expert on it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the, that's the other thing that I would tie in with your, do your research as well. Right. Is if you, if you're going to, whether you go to Carlos, whether you go to somebody else, if this is what you want to do, do it right. But do your research, just make sure you know what you're getting into, you know where it's coming from. Cause that's the thing is, is since a lot of these things are still technically illegal, you know, knowing where it comes from, because there's a lot of people out there that like to taint things just to make money. And you don't, you know, you just want to make sure that you're getting, getting good, the good shit,
0: right? <laughs> and maybe in a future conversation, we can talk about that topic as well, because there, yeah. you know, there are some things that are at lower risk than others. Um, like mushrooms, for example, uh, typically aren't tainted, because it's just too much work. Like, why would they? Yeah, you uh, yeah, them yeah, because it's, yeah. it's a thing, right? But it's, yeah, you know. but but certainly, um, you know, MDMA pressed pills have sometimes been um, uh, discovered to have things like fentanyl and and other things in it. So yeah. it's important to to know your source. That's absolutely true. Yeah, yeah. and get a get a test kit. They're mm-hmm. they're legal and they're attainable. Get a test kit and test your product.
2: Yeah, Amazon. Woo.
0: Yeah, yeah, party, cool party kit
2: yep. test kit. Love it. Love it. Oh, we could go on all day. Okay. I am Kathy Gruber. I can be reached at kathygroover.com.
1: And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out. Have a great week. will catch you on the next episode of the Fire Earth Podcast. See ya. See ya.